0: We're going to talk on this subject for the next couple of weeks, unoffendable, unoffendable. Um, and the reason why I'm sharing it is in Matthew chapter 12, verse 10, it says that uh, in the last days, all of chapter, actually 24, uh, all of chapter 24 is our uh, signs that are supposed to happen before the Lord returns. And in, in chapter 12, verse 10, it talks about how uh, I keep on saying 12 and it's 24, 24, verse 10 is talking about the last days. And it says that many will be offended in the last days. Um, uh, they will actually hate one another. Many will be offended. They will hate one another. This is like an epidemic. If you can kind of imagine like a flood going across where people are constantly betraying one another, they hate one another, and they're offended by one another. A family member says something, they don't talk to them for years. Somebody in the office says something, they're mad the rest of the day. Um, It is normal to get angry. It is a sin to stay angry. Now, this is one of those things that every single one of us are going to have to fight and battle every single day. This is not a battle. You fight it and you're done. You never have to fight it again. No, 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 no. You have to fight it every single day. But there's four reasons why I feel like the fight is worth the fight. Uh, Number one is... I'm going to use unoffendable and unforgiveness in in tantum, okay? I'm going to use them um, simultaneously. Um, But unforgiveness, the first thing with unforgiveness is what we found out by just reading the scripture is that unforgiveness is linked to sickness. A lot of people are sick and have illness in their body because of unforgiveness, because of that. Um, we have an awesome testimony at the end of the service, right before we pray for healing. And what I've realized is that so many people are coming to our church, I'll give you an example, for the sole reason of getting prayed for healing, and celebration's not even their home church. But And I know some of you are here that fits in that category. I met somebody in the first service. They came all the way down from Michigan to be prayed for. So we're going to go for healing today. And if you need a healing in your body, it's going to happen. When we were at uh, the Bilbo's Church, 49 people got healed um, when I was up there two weeks ago. And so we're going to go for healing again today, and people will get healed. People get healed every single Sunday at celebration, and then we share a testimony the following Sunday of somebody who's been healed. So if you come next Sunday, you'll hear a testimony of somebody that got healed today or last week, or, but we have a testimony of someone who got healed every single Sunday. So it's been very exciting, but what we've learned is that when somebody has unforgiveness in their life, it's, it is linked oftentimes to their sickness. And when I say oftentimes, it's not every time, but it's oftentimes. You say, where are you getting that, Frank? Are you just making that up? Absolutely not. It says it in the Bible. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, watch this, confess your sins one to another, pray for each other so you may be healed. Hidden sins cause hidden sicknesses hidden sins. Unforgiveness, I'm going to get to this point in a minute, it's actually my, fir- my fourth point, but unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. Number, so number one is that unforgiveness causes sicknesses. Now don't hear what I'm not saying, it doesn't cause every sickness, but it's crystal clear in the Bible that it does cause sickness. Are you with me? Say yes. Yes. Let me hear you. Are you with me? Say yes. Yes. Number two is that unforgiveness releases the tormentors. It releases tormentors into your life. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells a story about this king who had a servant. And in the message version of the Bible, it says that the servant owed $100,000 of debt. The king brought him in and said, I want my $100,000. The servant said, I don't have the $100,000. So the king said, well, fine, I'm going to auction you, your wife, and your children off to get my $100,000. He started crying and begged for mercy. The king said, I'll give you mercy. Your entire debt is wiped away. And then the Bible goes on to say that he walks out the door. He sees somebody who owes him $10 and grabs him by the shirt and starts shaking him and starts demanding his money. And the man did not have $10 to give him. But a witness saw what was happening and told the king about it. And the king demanded that he came in, and the Bible says that he released the tormentors onto him. See, there are tormentors are released onto a person who has unforgiveness in their heart. What does a tormentor look like? Have you ever been sitting in the car and you're mad and you're angry at somebody and you're yelling at them in your head? They're not in the car, but you're yelling at them in your head. Raise your hand. The rest of you are lying. Okay. You're yelling at them in your head and you're preparing what you're going to say when you see them. Are you with me? Say yes. And then when you do see them, you got all your things ready to go. In, first I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say that, then I'm going to say this, then I'm going to say that. And then they say something, and then your whole speech just gets thrown out the window. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. When you are thinking about that person, and sometimes these tormentors that are making you think about them and talk to them in your head and be angry these tormentors will torment some people even though the person they're angry with has been dead for years it's a tormentor the next time you feel yourself staying angry getting angry is normal staying angry is dangerous so all of a sudden when they come in this is how I envision a tormentor I put that picture of that dog these, <laughs> these, these types of dogs, and if you're a pit bull lover, don't send me an email and be upset. Um, but fighting dogs want to fight. Spirits want to torment. Right. But when you are before God and you have a covenant with God, there is a hedge of protection around you. These, these fierce tormentors cannot get to you. Don't ever forget what I'm saying. If you are yelling at a person in your head, you are being tormented. Unforgiveness takes the dog off the chain. Number three, everybody say number three. Number three, unforgiveness interrupts intimacy with God. It interrupts it. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23, 24, and 25, or 23 and 24. It says, if you are offering a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and suddenly, while you're offering this, suddenly, you remember that someone has something against you. You don't even have something against them. You remember they have something against you. Stop. Stop. And go reconcile with them. And then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are worshiping, you're giving them a sacrifice of worship, a sacrifice of praise, the Lord is saying, time out. I love you. Go fix it. Now let me take a sidebar. There are some evil people that have done some evil things to people in this room. Evil people that have done evil things. So I am not saying that you need to be reconciled with those people. And there are divine connections that God wants you to be with certain people, and there are divine disconnections where He does not want you to be with certain people. So you... Do not need and nor should you go reconcile with some evil person. You, but you must forgive them. Not only because there's something that you want that is greater than you seeking revenge. There's something I want that is greater than seeking revenge. There, there is no argument or position worth winning if it means that you're losing intimacy with the Lord. It's just not worth it. Everyone say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Come on. When somebody tries to serve you, poison. Sometimes it's somebody who loves you. They just say one thing and you're not fighting. So let's say you're in the car with your spouse, spouse hypothetically and the spouse says one to the... and there's an argument. Hypothetical. I know none of you guys ever argue, but just work with me. They say something and you feel anger coming up. It's not them that's evil. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. But there's a spirit in the car that says, drink the poison. And you have to decide right then and there, I'm not drinking the poison. That's right. And you have to deal with it, but you can't deal with it in a way where you try to push the poison on them. That's right. Like your little poison giver ain't you dealer. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do to me. Like that's not going to you're going to end up on the couch. <laughs> right. You have to decide right then I'm not drinking the poison. Say that on three, one, two, three. Again, one, two, three. I'm not drinking it. I'm not drinking it. Here's the, the third point. Um, let me talk about the interruption of intimacy real quick. When Jesus, I think, it's, um, I think it's Matthew chapter three. I think it's Matthew chapter three. I might be wrong, but John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came out of the heavens like a dove and rested Upon him. Now, let me ask you a question. If I were to have a dove on my shoulder and I'm going to try to walk through the entire day and meet you back here tonight with the dove still on my shoulder, I don't want the dove to fly off. How am I going to walk? to make sure that this dove is not going to fly off? That's the right answer. Carefully. There is no interaction, there is no argument worth having if it is going to separate me from the intimacy with God. He will never leave you or forsake you, but the intimacy... You can be laying in bed with a man or with a woman, they're there, but there's no intimacy. They feel a million miles away. They haven't left you, they haven't forsaken you, but they feel a million miles away. This is the intimacy I'm talking about. It is not worth losing that intimacy with the Holy Spirit just so you can make your point. Just so that you can win. Because you can win an argument and lose the intimacy in the same moment. You cannot have a cup full of poison and have intimacy with the Holy Spirit at the same time. It doesn't work. You have to pick one. That's
1: right.
0: You have to pick one. Which one do you want? Do you want to win and drink the poison? Or do you want to say, I'm not taking the poison. I know what you're trying to do to me. Say, and it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. If there's a dove on your shoulder and you want to walk without it flying off, doves are very, they get spooked easily. You have to be thinking about that dove with every step you take. Right. You have to keep that dove in mind. You have to keep that dove in mind. Everyone you talk to, every time you look at something, Job said, I'll make a covenant with my eyes in Job 31.1, not to look lustfully at anyone, any young woman. You see some Miss Thang walking down the street <laughs> with some little mini, and, and, and you know, like you just think, I can look or I'm going to, which one do I want? That's right. yeah. It's not worth, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Everyone say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You will have an opportunity to get into an argument or mad at somebody every day of your life. You decide. Yeah. You decide. Are you with me? Say yes. Yeah. Point number four. Unforgiveness is unforgivable. God will forgive you of just about anything in the world. But he will not forgive you for not forgiving people. He just won't. It's not going to happen. In, in Matthew uh, chapter... Um, let me look. Sorry. Thank you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. It says, If you don't forgive others your father will not forgive you of your sin. Unforgiveness is one of the only things that keeps God from forgiving you. You can pretty much ask God to forgive you for anything and he will say yes. You can blow somebody's head off and ask God to forgive you. But if you don't forgive somebody, he will no forgiveness will be offered to you. There's one of the greatest revivals in the history uh, of of the world is the Wells Revival in 1904, 1905. It actually spread throughout the globe continent to continent. And one of the guys that was responsible for that massive revival where people were just worshiping God every single night, it was unbelievable. What he said was, somebody interviewed him and said, we want that experience to come to our church. What do we do? This was his exact words. He says this, If you are not prepared to forgive others, it is no use going on your knees tonight to ask God to forgive you your transgressions. I'm not saying don't do it. Please yourselves, of course. But one thing is for certain, God is not listening to you. Now, This was not a preacher that put sugar on it. You know, there's a a theologian by the name of Mary Poppins who said a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Mary Poppins hadn't come around yet whenever he said this. He said, you can get on your knees and ask God to forgive you if you want to. Sure, go ahead. Please yourself. He's not listening. Unforgiveness is unforgivable. Uh, Let me say this as well. Sometimes we're in a season of life and we're not sure if we're wrong or we're right. If you're at odds with someone, you can kind of say, I think I'm right. Well, I might be, I'm I'm about 99% sure I'm right. Or sometimes you can be doing something and you're not sure if it's a sin or if you're not sure it's not a sin. You're trying to figure it out. Have you ever been there? Say yes. yes. This is what Evan Roberts says. Take it for as much as you want. It's not out of the Bible. This is just what Evan Roberts says. And he says this. Is there anything in your life you cannot decide whether good or evil? Away with it. It's not worth it. That's right. It's not worth it. It's, not worth it. it's not, worth it. It not worth it. It is not worth it. Some of these evil people that have done evil things to you Their day is coming, but it's not worth it. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. You know, before I preached this message, I had to think to myself and had to send out text messages and had to call people to make sure it's not worth it. I want God to use me this morning. He can't flow through me if I'm trying to hang on to something. It's not worth it. Everyone say it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, Priscilla, I want you to come up here and share your testimony. Um, This is one of my favorite testimonies that we've done. We do a testimony every single Sunday. Um, Go ahead and and share your story.
1: So uh, a few years ago, I got diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and um, I had heard about the healing that was going on here. So we come here. We were just visiting, and we had heard about it through a dear friend. And I, I had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. And, um, I was praying and she stopped in the middle of our prayer as she was praying for healing for my ovarian cancer. And she was like, is there someone that you need to forgive? And I was like, actually, yes. Um, I had a piece of metal that was stuck in my body from a man and (laughs) it had caused cancer in my body. So I literally hated this person and I didn't forgive him for years so I finally did, and once I was able to forgive him, God forgave. He forgave him, but then He also healed me of cancer.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. so awesome. Uh-huh. Now, a few weeks ago, if you were here last Sunday and and you heard this testimony, it was, I think this is one of the only testimonies we've ever done twice. Um, but when she was giving it last Sunday, I was like, I think I'm going to preach a series on that. And so I want her to give it again. Um, but when she, when she told me two weeks or three weeks ago, I can't remember when it was, a couple weeks ago, she came to me after the second service, and she said, I've, I, we hadn't met, and she said, God just healed me of cancer. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> like how do you know you know (laughs) um i love praying with people that have joint pain i love praying for people if you're back or you can't move your arm or because it's you see it right then and there um but in this particular case like how do you tell if someone's been healed of cancer or not well she's saying i'm healed of cancer i said okay awesome right like i'm not gonna argue so are you gonna go see a doctor soon and and she's like i am i was like will you tell me what happened And then, um, tell that part of the story.
1: So I went to the doctor and she was doing an ultrasound and she kept saying, would you be still, would you just hold still, take a deep breath and hold it? And uh, so I I would, I would sit there and she just kept on going. She's like, would you just look at the screen? And she saw that there was nothing there and she was in complete shock, so. Why
0: don't you show her the screen, what she saw? No cancer. No cancer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I've shared this. I've been waiting for a cancer healing for the last 10 months or 11 months. People get healed every single time. I'm like, God, I want to see somebody with cancer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, please. I love all healings, and all healings are important. If a person doesn't have cancer, they don't care about cancer. They care about their pain, right? And so I'm just like, but man, I really want to see. And so I'm so happy. Thank you for taking one for the team. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just so grateful to see that healing. Um, I've shared this testimony before, but I want to share it again because Pastor Rochelle is here. Um, when I was in um, Louisiana, I'm up here speaking and, and we, we prayed for healing and, and 27 people in the room got healed 49 in the whole weekend got healed, but 27 people in this, in this moment got healed. And I'm celebrating, the church is celebrating, and, and I know they got healed because I said, I want you to wave your hands over your head if you got healed. And we're like, one, two, three, 27 people. And, and I'm excited, the church is excited, we're all celebrating. And then um, a guy on the fourth row all of a sudden yells at me, um, I'm sure you've heard about this, but, like, they were out of town. They were in Ireland preaching. And he yells at me. He goes, Hey, preacher! And I'll, I'm standing about right here, and I went... Now, for those of you that attend celebration, every once in a while, somebody will be, you know, loud. And, and our ushers know to pull out their dart gun, like... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and and so but i was in their church And, and so i'm like i guess i'm gonna have to shut it down and so i looked over and and um and he's serious and i don't know to this day what came over me it was like this wonderful grace just came over me and i looked at him and i said i've been doing this for a little while i didn't say 21 years but I said, I've I've been doing this a little while. I said, I've never had someone just yell at me like the way you're yelling at me right now. And I was thinking, if this was in our church, you'd get tasered, but we're in Texas, so. (laughs) I said, I've never had someone yell at me in the middle of service like this. He goes, well, I need to get healed. He goes, I've got a torn rotator cuff. I'm in pain all the time, and the muscles are not attached. And I said, well, then come on down here. You're going to get healed. So he comes down, and just ever so softly, I hear, bring him on the stage so everyone can see. And I was like, Satan, get behind me. (laughs) I got so scared. I was like, but what if he doesn't get healed? That would be really embarrassing. And uh, I got nervous for a second, and I said, come on up here on the stage so everybody can see you get healed. So he comes on the stage. And I said, raise your hand in this room if your faith would go up if you saw him get healed right now. Amen. And everyone's hand, I said, would Jesus' name get more praise if you saw him get healed right now? They all raised their hand. I laid my hand on his, it was this most simple, is a prayer that a seven-year-old would say. In the name of Jesus, all the bones, all the ligaments, all the muscles, go back where you're supposed to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I didn't feel hot. I didn't feel lightning. I'm watching him while I'm praying. He's just staring at me. (laughs) And so when you're nervous, you want to just keep praying because you're afraid of what's going to happen when you stop praying. (laughs) And so I said but Frank, you've got to just stop praying and find out if God did anything. So I said, try to do something you can't do. And he goes, Oh my, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And I'm like, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Here's the thing. God will do things in our lives. Yeah that are beyond our imagination. We just can't let these petty things, I know they feel big, but they're small compared to what God wants to do. Are you with me? Say amen. Come on, if you're with me, say amen. Stand up on your feet with me. I'd like all of our prayer partners to come down, if you would. Every once in a while at this moment of the service, I feel like the Lord speaks to me and tells me certain people who He wants to heal specifically. And I never know, in full transparency, if you're new here, I want to be honest with you, I never know if it's me talking to me like, and, or if it's God. And, and sometimes I know it's God and it ended up being me and then sometimes I, I like, Frankie, I think that's you and it ends up being God. But one thing I always know is if it is God... That person is probably going to get healed because he just called them by their name, pretty much. Um, and so I don't want—I don't want anyone to walk out of here if God's about to call your name and describe what you're dealing with uh, with that sickness or illness. Because um, I was afraid to look silly in front of people. But there's a couple people that there's a couple. Uh, things that are in my mind that i want to find out if you're in this room and um, if you're dealing with this Uh, and i just had the thought come to my mind about 30 seconds before i started talking about this is there anyone here it's just hard for you to swallow there's like a pain while you swallow. it's almost on the right hand side is it you right over here come on there might be more than one Um, But come down here. The Lord's about to heal you. It's just a pain. And almost—it's almost imagine it being on the right side. But um, uh, is there anyone else? What's your name? Sandra. Sandra. I'm so happy you're here. This is your day. This is your day. Is it you as well? What's your name? Lewis. All right. Come stand right here. The other one is like a pain. um, I want to say it's between like your ring finger and your pinky. It's like right in there on your left hand. Is there anyone that, that, that that's for? Is there anyone here? And again, I don't know if it's just me, but um, it's almost like a, a pain right there. And I, I want to be as specific as possible, but it's in your left hand. And then here's the last one. Is there anyone in your left ear? Your left ear is just, you're just having the hardest time hearing out of it or it causes you pain or is it you, young man? Excellent. I love praying for kids because their faith is high before they even get down here. They already know it's going to happen, right? They're, but is there anyone else? Is there anyone is left here? You as well? Oh my goodness, this is your day. This is your day. Excellent. What's your name, sir? Gordon? Corey. Corey. Anyone else? Anyone else? Sometimes it's more than one person. And I always want to be as specific as possible because, you know, if I miss it, I miss it. Um, if I say I, one time in my life, I said, is there anyone here that has pain in the lower back? I'll never say that again. (laughs) Afraid for 190 people that day. (laughs) So I I don't want to say something real general just so I can be right. I'd rather be as specific as possible and be wrong and know that I'm calling that person's name. Like I, my, my knowing that you guys are going to get healed is so high right now because Uh, And you'll probably get healed before I pray for you. A couple of you may get healed before I pray for you. That's common. If you need anything in your life, anything in your life, some of you, you're new to church and you're not quite sure. Let me just share with you. Church was never supposed to be four songs offering preacher preaches, everybody goes home. It was never supposed to be like that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 it says that we are in partnership with Jesus. So Jesus ought to be doing things and there has to be moments where the preacher like me I've been doing it wrong for a long time. I just need to shut up and and let God do his thing. Now now pastors that do it differently, they're not wrong. They need to do what God called them to do in their way. I'm saying for me it's time for me to have changed 11 months ago, and I'm so glad that I have. Um, would you just raise your hands right where you're at? Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you. We thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, move in this room. Move in this room. We can do nothing without you. In, in John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, You are the vine, we are the branches. Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. Holy Spirit, move in this room. Move in this room. If there's somebody here that you need to ask forgiveness, I want you to come down. If there's somebody in this room, there's someone in your life that you need to forgive, I want you to come down, and I want you to take a prayer partner by the hand. I want you to tell them what their name is, and I want you to forgive them. They don't know who that person is, But God knows what you're doing. And he will begin to work something special in your life. These prayer partners have been through training. They don't think that God can do a miracle. They know that he will. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. No official dismissal. You can leave whenever you get ready. I'd like for the worship team to come forward and begin to worship him. Please, Let's just sing one time through before anyone leaves. The prayer partners are available right now. I love you. May the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May His face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May His countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.